From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. I am Scott Armstrong and I am here with several other servants. I love the article that we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, let's meet who's in the room. We do not have Natalie. I shouldn't say that. Uh, uh, Some know that for these, when we were recording these episodes, she had been with someone who had had COVID. And so uh, she's feeling great, but uh, we decided it would be better for her not to be a part of these episodes. And so, anyway, with all that said, to my left, my lovely wife, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. To my right, my lovely friend. That's kind of weird, yeah. right? <laughs> AJ Fry. Hi, guys. <laughs> and across from us, the lovely Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact. And this one's really fun. <laughs> this is <laughs> Extra the really fun, fun fact. fact. <laughs> Extra fun fact. Did you know the dimples on golf balls actually serve a purpose? No. Yes, I did know that. I did know that what? as well. Sports, that sports not people. fun. Let's redo this where you really don't know. <laughs> no, I had no idea. What's the purpose? <laughs> <laughs> they create a thin, turbulent boundary layer of air that clings to the ball's surface. This allows the smoothly flowing air to follow the ball's surface a little further around the backside of the ball. That's a little aer- aerodynamics, then. Yes, helping the ball That's go further. That's the easier way to say it. <laughs> yes. The question is, how much further does it go? Or farther? Much farther, farther does it go? Yeah. It says it decreases the size of the wake. I didn't know. The wake? That there's I wake never involved. Thought of a I didn't know you could have wake in the air. I thought that was wake. a water thing. I thought thing. wake was water, yeah. Huh. No, but that's why, that's why in NASCAR, cars draft from each other. Ooh. And this source is Scientific like American. Right so obviously it's scientific. That's and American. True. And American. That's true. Well, thank you for that really fun fact. Extra and fun. We're sorry that, that we were like, yeah, we know. <laughs> it was, you know, it is kind of fun, though, out of like, how many of these have, have you had? 50? You've never known any. And we've yeah. never known we, any. We know this one. And we know this one. Yes. That's awesome. And we don't even like golf, really. Right. Yeah, there's our least favorite sport. There's we a whole other story <laughs> recently about the card game. Also ball. our least favorite card game. <laughs> no, <laughs> man. Just no, it's Scott's, Scott's least favorite card game. <laughs> I went on a rant that I am not proud of. <laughs> I, am, I need to publicly ask forgiveness, even from our listeners who were not even there. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. That's actually why I brought today's fun fact. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to just give Scott to, the opportunity. Yeah, to give the to opportunity. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, no easy transition for from that, but um, we are going to, maybe there is, talking about science and technology, we are going to talk about, or we won't read the whole article, but Chelsea's going to help us to know a little summary of the article that's called, Netflix is making it harder to be a missionary. That was originally in September of 2019, published in Christianity Today by the author Rachel Kleppen, who is a missionary and has served in Taiwan, I think, right? Yes, Taipei. Yeah, Taipei, Taiwan. And so, um, Chelsea, kind of give us a, it's, it's actually not about Netflix as such, but it's a great title to get me interested. Um, but, <laughs> Got your uh, attention. yeah, it is. But what is, what is she trying to express in this article? Um, yes, I really liked this. Let me give a preface because we just recently got rid of our Netflix. And so like the title totally caught my attention and we actually got rid of it for the reason that she's talking about. So I was super identified with this. 
She married into missionary life, I would assume, also has a missionary call. And as she was transitioning, she was experiencing culture shock. And so this, the article is mostly her personal testimony, but then also she brings in some other people that have experience with walking missionaries through like decades. So she's getting her own perspective, which is recent, but also hearing from past experience how it's very different now. Um, so as she was going through culture shock, she realized that uh, it was very easy to like reconnect with her family that was back in the United States uh, through FaceTime or through whatever. And then she could binge watch Netflix. Who in this room has never binged watched before? Just, <laughs> as we're confessing things. Um, but she was talking about because every time she was able to reconnect to that home culture, it would be like a tick of restarting culture shock almost. So she calls it prolonged culture shock. And as she's talking to some of the supervisors, she serves with YWAM, uh, Youth with a Mission. And some of the, the administrators of that ministry were talking about years ago, that was not the case, that when missionaries would leave their home culture, they would leave and maybe they would get some mail sometimes. And she actually quotes uh, some stuff about an older missionary that had served for decades in a culture. And she left her home culture with the intention of never returning back. And how different that is now. We can just hop on a plane. And especially like with us being in the Mesoamerica region, I mean, the plane ride to Florida is shorter for me to get to Florida than it is for my parents to get to Florida who live in the United States. And so um, it's just very interesting. And one of the things that I feel like just summarizes the whole article is she says, um, we've seen in recent years a trend of new missionaries who don't ever actually get out of the culture shock phase. Mm -hmm. And man, that has huge implications mm -hmm. for missionary life and missionary call. So th this is really an amazing article. Uh, we will we will put the link in the show notes, but it caused us to maybe have some questions. Let me let me throw out just a few questions. First of all, uh, do you guys think, well, not is it easier or is it harder? In what ways is being a missionary today easier and in what ways is it harder than it may may have been 20, 50, 100 years ago? Well, I immediately can say an easier way to be a missionary family is through FaceTime and Skype and all of the video call. Uh, mostly, not even for ourselves. Like, I feel like, Scott, you and I are kind of like on that sweet spot of we came to the field before all of that. So we remember life before all of that was real present in our lives. But I've always felt like our children have a relationship with their grandparents yeah. where I knew lots of missionary kids that never knew their grandparents. Mm -hmm. And like, that's why it was hard for parents to say yes to a kid's missionary call if they mm -hmm. were, you know, adults of like, and I remember my mom even saying when we left and Elijah was six months old of, you know, I've thought about you for a long time of letting you go. But she said, I never thought about letting my grandkid go, you know, but because of technology, like she's not, it, none of our parents are straight strangers to our mm -hmm. kids. They mm -hmm. know their That's grandparents good. and are in the grandparents. It's a different relationship, obviously, but they've formed relationships. So that's a definite plus that people 20, 30 years ago didn't have at all. Sure. That That's the thing about technology. Like I see the same, for the same reason that it's good 
it's also bad, right? Like it connects us and that's, that's a good thing. But there is such a thing as being too connected as this article mentions, I think, because then once you're, once you're so focused on connecting back with your home culture, or the culture that you came from, you don't have time all of a sudden to get involved in the culture that you were sent to. And that's the, that's the argument that she's making in the article as well, uh, that, that she felt like she was too, she was too connected with her home culture and therefore couldn't incarnate uh, into the, into the culture that she was sent to or that she was serving in. And so then she couldn't relate to those people. Then she couldn't contextualize a ministry with those people uh, because she, she didn't know how that culture functioned. Yeah. And I also like, she didn't say this implicitly, but like she does talk about like binge watching TV as like her source of comfort when she would be homesick. And I just feel like there's so much that happens when we're bored as missionaries. Mm -hmm. Like that's when we seek out like connecting with someone local mm -hmm. or we explore the place that we've been placed. And if we're if we have a filler for our boredom, i.e. Facebook or Netflix or even FaceTime, then we have excuses to not do the things that might not seem as important to our call, but end up being critical. Well, I think it's th this gets us into another topic. If you if anyone is going out as a missionary and still trying to really be a great missionary in the place where you are assigned, your new host culture, but also completely stay connected. Like, oh, I don't want to miss out on that new Netflix show. Mm. And uh, I want to make sure that I uh, watch the NFL game, you know, and right. and I want to. These are things, that, by, by the way, especially on the sports side that I really like to do. Like yeah. I, that's a connection to Kansas City. I happen to be from Kansas City, but a connection to, oh, I still can be a part of these sports, these teams, you know. But if we want the both and there is a great possibility that we may not do either well. Right. You know, and yeah. I, I feel like even the, answering the question, in what ways is it harder to be a missionary nowadays? The only thing I can come up with is that there are more distractions. Right. Mm. If you are literally passionate, focused and intentional on saying, I will not let the distractions keep me from incarnating, keep mm -hmm. me from learning the new culture, keep me from being effective, learning the language. We've talked about that in previous episodes. Then there's a lot of other stuff that makes it a whole lot easier. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have I have a buddy that was like, man, I, I went to this country and I just, on my phone, I, would, I was just uh, saying something and then the app was translating it and the other person was just, and I was like, he wasn't saying you shouldn't learn a language, but he was saying it was easy. My first week, I was already communicating with people. Right. And I kind of felt like, were you though? I mean, maybe you were, but that probably wasn't getting to a heart conversation. Right. Like when you just are forced to learn the language, you know? Yeah. So let, let me just ask, do you all agree that technology and maybe the ability of constant travel can cause us or other missionaries to be less effective? I think we've heard that a little bit. And if so, how do we combat that? How do we say, I'm not going to let that happen? <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, you can, you can dig your heels in and be, and be super stubborn and just like reject all things of your natural, how do I say this, your natural culture. 
the culture that you were that you mm -hmm. came from like just completely reject all of it you can try to do that i don't i'd like to see how effective that is for you <laughs> but um <laughs> um so that's one way but i would say uh one a more easy maybe maybe not easy but a more practical way is just to limit limit technology not only do i think that's that's good for your spiritual as a spiritual discipline but also in the sense that it forces you to be more intentional with the culture that you're in. So not just not just limit technology because you shouldn't sit on the couch and binge watch Netflix for 48 hours straight. <laughs> but um, because when you when you cut back on those things, then you get to see the place that you're in and the people that you're surrounded with and you get to engage with them more. And I think intentionality is a good word. Because as a missionary, you have to be intentional in so many areas. As a Christian, you should be intentional with your entire life anyways. But as a missionary who's sent to a different culture to do a certain thing, you need to be intentional with everything you do. And that includes your technology use and your TV watching or YouTube watching or however, however that works for you. Well, even as you're talking, I was thinking about the technology that we've talked about is actually antisocial in some ways. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it, well, it's typically used that way. So, so for example, if we're talking about I'm FaceTiming with my family back in the States, well, that is time you're spending with them that right. you're not spending with somebody from the culture. Now, again, we're not saying you should never talk with your family, <laughs> never FaceTime anyone ever again. No, um, but ne <laughs> Netflix, oh, I'm enjoying Netflix. Well, you're probably doing that instead of going out or instead yeah. of inviting right. someone in for board games. Uh -huh. and, and, right. and Emily and I, you know, our early years, board games were tough in a new language, <laughs> in a yeah. new, you guys are, love board games. And I'm sure the first year was just like, uh, they they don't get it. We don't get it. It's just frustrating. <laughs> yeah. right? You got a lot of Go, go fish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you find like games that can be played yes. in multiple languages, you yes. know, but sometimes limiting technology, it's very, it's true. We need to do that, especially the types of technology that are exclusive, that are saying instead of doing something else that would help me as a missionary and help me to, to love this new culture, I am finding comfort in checking Twitter by myself. Right. And then, well, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think a piece of the technology is not just in, you know, fasting from it or limiting it, but um, the diversification of what you're seeing in it. Mm -hmm. And so um, just even yesterday or, or today, Chelsea was like, where can I get such and such news about something that had happened, you know, in the Dominican Republic? And I said, follow this newspaper on Twitter, because this is where the most up-to-date information is right. going to be. And um, I think what I typically tend to see in my own life is how much, like I put a check on myself of how many of the headlines from the United States, because it's my home culture, can I immediately talk about? And how many of the headlines from my host culture, which is the Dominican Republic, can I talk about? And if I am so much more involved with the U.S. Mm. headlines than I am of the Dominican headlines, I'm not diversifying myself enough. Mm. <laughs> I'm mm. not engaged in what's 
going on in my own country. And if it's reading a newspaper or following the Twitter feed or putting into Instagram, you know, certain people, um, I think there are things I kind of push back against, like, what the missionary is. I think sometimes we have this um, elevated 1900s missionary of the one that gets on the boat and says goodbye to their family and I'm never going to see you again. And it's like, that's who a missionary should be. And when I was a little girl, that is the immediate reason of why I was like, I don't want to be a missionary. Like the reason I didn't want to be a missionary was because you had to say goodbye to everything and you were never going to see it again. And so I like, I find myself in this conversation thinking, how is God even changing a missionary assignment. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that look like? I really think that God wants missionaries to figure out biculturalness. And mm-hmm. it used to be that I leave my culture and I truly become mm-hmm. one with the culture. Like the incarnation is that is a hundred years ago, 150 years ago, the way that missionaries worked. But like, is that still the same standard for 2020? If I literally were to say I'm forsaking everything, even though I can have connection, I serve the U.S. church a lot. A lot I serve the U.S. church as a missionary, just as much as I serve the Dominican church and the Mesoamerican church. Yeah. But if I wasn't connected to the U.S. church, I wouldn't be able to minister them at all. You know, so like I, I think through some of that kind of stuff mm. of what are the ways that we can diversify ourselves as opposed to like maybe incarnation means something different today than what it meant 150 years ago. And that's, and that's interesting. That brings an interesting thought to my mind that even as like technology has advanced and our ability to communicate long distances in an instant. So the world has become more global. And we talk about this word globalization, right? Mm -hmm. That's when the, when, when cultures become more mixed because travel is easier, right? And living in another place is easier. And if you look at Santo Domingo, where we live, there's a lot of U.S. pieces to this culture. And so it's not that hard to see, you know, our home culture in a foreign culture. Mm -hmm. And so that makes it a little bit easier also. Also, what, what I think is very interesting and maybe more challenging now is that so many people are relying on Zoom and like FaceTime and Facebook for the way that we communicate, even mm. in our neighborhood. Mm. Like our church services are on Facebook, you know, our church services or even small group uh, activities are through Zoom. And so it's, we have become reliant or dependent on this kind of technology. So how do you limit technology and still create community in a time when you can't be physically present with people as, mm-hmm. as much. Mm-hmm. I don't have an answer. But. <laughs> in our courses uh, that we teach for people that are studying mission missions, at least on a bachelor's uh, or master's level, uh, we talk about missionary anthropology. And uh, it was very helpful for me when I was studying anthropology, missionary anthropology specifically, to really, and this goes to what you both have been saying, to not over spiritualize or be really sentimental about the thought of like what they used to call going native. So rejecting your sending culture and becoming one of them. If you had to err on either side, one side would be you never assimilate and you're like just you're you're living in another culture, but you're still from your 
sending culture. That would be on one side. And then you go native and then you're completely from this other culture and you reject your old culture. Like you'd want to lean towards the assimilate for your for the effectiveness of your ministry, right? But you don't have to choose between one or the other. There can be a balance, I think, and what you were saying, there can be a balance where you say, instead of, I can only love one culture, you can truly love both. And I'll give you an example. Again, let's go back to sports. I still, I love baseball. I still connect with like what the Royals do, the Kansas City Royals. Well, most likely they lost. Um, <laughs> you know, so each night, what what happened? Uh, you know, I like to I like to stay in touch with that. But I also have like talked with so many people, decided who's my team in the Dominican Republic. We've gone to those games. It's opened so many doors for evangelism, for relationships, for other things. And yeah, people like to talk about the Red Sox or the Blue Jays or the Yankees or somebody from the States. They do. But man, I can see their their eyes light up mm -hmm. immediately when we start talking about the Dominican team. Yeah. And, and when you know the players there. And so did, did I have to reject one? No. But now I've gotten a love for both. And, and I think that's plausible. I think that's feasible, but we have to be super intentional. Yeah. I think um, something in the article that can help us in that direction is she talks at the end about supporting missionaries in the global age. And so she's actually talking to the sending culture, not the receiving culture. And she talks about partnering with mm. the missionaries in order to support their incarnation of their new culture, right? And so it's this partnership where, Emily, you were talking about like being able to serve the U.S. church because that's, I mean, we go on home assignment and it's it would be really weird. We'd be those awkward missionaries that nobody liked if we showed up and we had no clue what was going on in the United States. <laughs> but there's also a piece that the U.S. church can play in our missionary call of saying like, how are you assimilating into the culture? What are some things about your new culture that you love? What are things that, that are hard for you, but you're trying to push through? So being intentional to have that conversation and not just saying, what are the things you miss the most? Mm, yes. What foods do you wish you could have? Mm, yeah. But instead asking them the things that they love about the new culture to increase that desire to learn and, and grow more. Even as you say this, I'm like, I don't know. It, I, I think I have, now that I think about it. I think in 17 years of all the times we've gone on home assignment, maybe twice or three times have I sat at a potluck or have I, have I sat with somebody that said, tell me about the culture where you serve. What do you love the most mm -hmm. about it? You know, mm -hmm. that is amazing. That would like, yeah. it even, even hearing you say that and rem remembering what she wrote in the article, it makes me just get excited. I'm like, ooh. That's when you know you're talking with someone who gets it. You know, you're talking yeah. with someone who's like, it's not all about, oh, what do you miss from here? Because we're the best culture, you know? And I really want to know, this is my one chance with you. Tell me what you love about what you do, you know? So we've talked uh, about, I think as we, as we wrap up a little bit, AJ, you've talked about let's limit technology, you know? And then Chelsea, you just said, hey, even in connecting with the sending church, let's talk about the other culture and not just just the sending culture. Are there any other tips that we would have to say, this is a way that you can incarnate in this other culture, even in a world of lots of technology? I think there are times that it is very much called for to like 
fast for a certain amount of time from our technology or devices or even a specific app. And uh, I'm a parent of two teenagers and I find myself constantly telling them, don't let technology control you, you control the technology. And so I think that as missionaries, when we feel like uh, something is starting to control us, and I think that's where a lot of like self-awareness needs to come in. And you even said it at the beginning of this, that you guys got rid of Netflix because self-awareness, you're like, we're just spending too much time. You might not know why you do it. You might not know that it's like a, it might not even be a self-soothing. It might be because it 11 p.m. You're not going to go out anyway. And so from 11 to 12, you're watching a movie or whatever. Who knows? But like you got to the point of like, we need to get rid of this. And I think there are things like that that Mm. we need to know when something has more control over us than what we have control over and to be able to step aside from that. Mm. And um, and I do think that there is a part of missionary living that um, used to be painful. In fact, in this article, I have it right in front of me. Let me find it real quick. That the the author says, the role of the support team is not necessarily to ease the pain of the missionary calling, but to bear it alongside them. Mm-hmm. And I found myself kind of like, I didn't like like the pain of the missionary call. You know what I mean? Because I was like, yeah, like it, it's difficult, but there is, there's a grace that comes when God calls you to the mission field. There's a grace that is like, but I'm supposed to be here. And like, it's difficult, but I'm supposed to be here. There's something in the back of your mind of I'm supposed to be here. And so it could be that I, I really do think that whatever God's plan is to reach this whole world, that technology is a part of it and that he is lacing all of our communities together. And for a missionary to be able to navigate tech spaces is becoming pretty important. And even as we evaluate missionaries, we've even said in the year 2020, missionaries are the ones that are being looked to, to be able to navigate all of this new tech as the church is walking into this t- year of 2020. And um I just, I think that God has a plan. And if missionaries are able to truly start understanding more cultures, as opposed to saying, I'm dedicated to one. And he's giving us like all of these opportunities to learn about Asia and learn about Africa and live in Latin America. And it's like all of this exists that never existed before this point on the history timeline. And so like, I always step back from it and like, okay, like he put us here for a reason right now. Like, what is he doing in all of this and how are we moving forward so i just i think it's really exciting i think more people are going to be missionaries because of the ability to Mm. not have to completely disconnect i think god's going to say okay we've got let's say we've got fifty thousand missionaries all over the world in christian church i think god's like so let's get five hundred thousand like within the next 10 years and because of these things there's going to be people that say i'll go because I don't have to disconnect from my family completely because I can visit them once every two years because plane travel is possible. So I just think God sees the the redemption of the whole world. And as missionaries, we're a part of that. And, and the connection is amazing. And I love it. Yeah. And we need to still have the same commitment as those, as our forefathers, right. as our are there four mothers? That's that's interesting. Like, we always say forefathers, right? There should uh, be four mothers. <laughs> but that's a if different we were, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> as, our, as our ancestors, I will say, uh, in missions. But, you know, the commitment does not have to win. Right. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Right. Technology, good grief. We're not going to, none of us in this room are going to be like, 
So that's why we're never using technology again. Literally yeah, right as now, we see. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just going to say. Surrounded by computers. And we have a computer. <laughs> we're looking at notes on our phones. We're doing like this is helping us spread the word, you know, spread the gospel. But the commitment can still be that passion, yeah. that fervor, that intentionality of saying, yeah, I am able to connect with the whole world, with my family, uh, able to get back every year or two years at least. But at the same time, man, I'm giving my all to that new culture, to that new assignment and uh, becoming multicultural in the midst of it. So cool. This has been awesome. Thank you. She's not listening, but thank you, Rachel Kleppen, for your article. You never know. She might be. Yeah, maybe she is. Maybe she is after now that we've called her out. But Emily, if they would like to kind of mention... You know, I know we have some missionaries that have, that listen to this, that have dealt with some of these things and others that are feeling called to missions that are listening right now. If they'd like to get in touch with us, how can they do that? Find us on www.mesoamericagenesis.org. And you can also send us a message through our um, Facebook page, which is the Worthless Servants podcast. That is great. Okay, let's sign off. We are the Worthless Servants and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Chelsea Fry. I'm Emily Armstrong. We'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.